Welcome to Success with Style, everyone. I am Rob Giardinelli. Hi, everyone. I'm Lance Avery Morgan, and we are here with Margaret Cook, who is the executive director of the Bullock Museum, which is the State History Museum of Texas. That is correct. We are so glad to be here in your in your kingdom because this is quite the grand palace of of learning and culture and all things Texas. We hope it is. And <laughs> it absolutely is. It is. It is. It is. Tell us about how you came to the museum originally, because you've been here for a while now. And we're so excited that you're in our state and in our city. Right. I've been here going on seven years, which the time has just flown by so incredibly fast. I can't even believe it. And I will be honest and say the first time I really stepped foot in Texas was to interview for a position here leading exhibitions at the Bullock Museum. Um, they tracked me down in St. Louis and invited me in to interview and then the rest is history. So I'm just thrilled to be working with such an incredible team and at an incredible institution. And the St. Louis is a very cultural town. Tell us about your experience there if you don't mind. I was in St. Louis for 15 years, yeah. and I worked at the Missouri History Museum there, which has an incredible collection, 150-plus-year history, wonderful team of people, and was leading exhibitions and research. So everything from curatorial to exhibition design to media that goes on the floor, and working um, very intimately with the education department and facilities to make sure that we were providing a fantastic visitor experience. To go from there to an institution that's much younger, just created essentially mm -hmm. and open right. to the public in 2001, and um, is based on partnerships, so, so no collections of its own, everything that's on the floor is from someplace else, was an incredible change. And it was one of the reasons why I came here, because I'd been working in St. Louis for 15 years. I was feeling like I needed new challenges, and I think the museum needed new folks to come in and take the helm of exhibitions. So it was a great opportunity, and I've never regretted it. Texas feels like home. Well, and I never thought about it as, you know, the Bullock not having a permanent collection per se. Um, how liberating and or challenging is you know not having a permanent collection because there's there's definitely pros and cons to both you hit the nail on the head it's both liberating and challenging i've worked in museums where you have fantastic curators wonderful collections but oftentimes the exhibition planning process centers around what they have not what they might be able to obtain or how the story might de develop in creating partnerships with others so for us that's very liberating it is a challenge because we have to build that trust. We have to steward those artifacts. We have to make sure that we've got the connections on it, not just a local level, but a statewide and national level. And we're looking to creating that on an international level as well in order to be able to have um, institutions and private collectors trust us with their pieces when they're on the floor. So the building up a professional team to be able to handle that and adhering to the stricted standards, um, that is all part of the process for us. Well, and you know, we'll, we'll get to we'll, we'll we'll get to your latest partnership in a little bit. But what do you think is for for the Bullock Museum? What has been a secret to its success in developing partnerships? Because you guys have some really robust partnerships from around the state and beyond. We do, and some of them have been um, in in the work since we opened. I think it is communication. I think it is being grateful. Um, that is something that we can always work on, but. We have these 
incredible people that have put, in many ways, not just their financial finances into a collection, but their heart and soul into that collection. And we may be looking at it through a slightly different lens. And we might want to present it to our visitors in a slightly different way than the collectors or an institution has previously been thinking about it. So we have to be very astute and very diplomatic and um, sometimes there's a negotiation process of course and we look at making sure that they're comfortable with it we're comfortable with it and our visitors are going to have a great experience that is the key visitors aren't having a good experience with it then we have failed and one thing uh, speaking of visitors i've rarely been here when there were not seem like thousands of children because the Bullock appeals to people of all ages. Yes, Kids exactly. and kids at heart with the, the vast array of, of the exhibits and, and your point of view for the museum and, and taking it to its success. But how did it all start for you? How did you earn your first dollar? Speaking of kids. Speaking of kids, well, it's interesting that you asked that question because my very first dollar that went into my pocket that was not from my parents was babysitting. Okay. And I was the ripe old age of 11. And Do you I, think that would happen today no. at that age? Okay. <laughs> Just want to keep it real for our listeners. Yeah, no, it was the uh, nine-year-old daughter of my uh, music teacher. Oh. And they were going out just for a short evening, but somehow my mother got it in her head that I would be perfect to stay with um, this girl and we would be fine. And I was scared the whole time, actually. There was no reason to be, and it was relatively short, but that was my main source of income from that point on um, as a kid because my parents wanted us to focus on school, not have an outside job. Mm -hmm. Babysitting wasn't quite seen that way. Gotcha. So more flexible hours. More flexible and hours. You, and you could study after the kids went to bed. Yes, exactly. In their mind anyway. Exactly. <laughs> you eat all the good food in the fridge. <laughs> yeah. Right? And that night I probably earned about $2. Okay. I think yeah. the going rate when I started, <laughs> this is dating myself, was about 50 cents an hour. Wow. Yeah. I think it's gone up. I think so. Since then. <laughs> uh, and now that now I from what I understand that uh, parents pay for each child. So the babysitter gets money for to babysit each child. So if there are multiple kids, they're raking it in. Yeah, I know. Maybe I'm in the wrong profession. I was going to say, this, <laughs> this really doesn't work out after all. I think babysitting. Yeah. Right? I can go back. Well, but that obviously led to your key management skills, which you apply here at the Bullock. How large is your team here? We have about 90 employees. Wow, that's a big boat. The largest um, department is our visitor services team. Mm -hmm. And we, we try to really spend time with them and really work on orientation with them because again coming back to our visitors if that first experience walking in the door mm -hmm. isn't good yeah. they're not going to absorb the rest that's in the museum right so we're looking at ways in which we can really invest in that team more but there's and many of them are part-timers many of them are students some of them want to get into the museum field mm -hmm. but some of them are here because they feel like they can do good in the community mm -hmm. while earning some money for school well, what's a piece of advice you would give to someone who wants to per, you know, pursue a career in the museum field? I think volunteering. I think um, getting your uh, connections in organizations that serve museums. There's the American Alliance of Museums. There's Texas Association of Museums, which is always looking for new members. Mm -hmm. There are student memberships for that. Um, and so for very little money, you get resources that you don't have access to, perhaps in school. But 
museums right now, the competition is fierce for the right. limited number of jobs. And you need some practical experience. And you have to be prepared to look at how you can make a difference in that in that particular institution. So if you haven't done your homework about what the mission of the place is, what they're focused on, where they want to go, you are going to be up against some stiff competition. Okay, that's some really good advice. Absolutely. And what's really interesting to me is that here at the Bullock, the the exhibits range in being hundreds and hundreds of years old, right? Like the LaSalle ship, Thousands. the shipwreck ship that was restored. That's 300, yeah. 300 years old to, you know, an upcoming exhibit which is a brand new exhibit, but also takes a look back at the past. Tell us about that new exhibit and why we're going to be also excited to go see it. I can't wait. It is our first real foray into, into a Bullock-created exhibition on fashion. So Fashion Forward is um, opening soon, uh, February 21st, and runs through the second weekend in April. Mm -hmm. And we have partnered with the University of North Texas with their fashion collection and their curator, Annette Becker. And it is an it's just so much fun, but it really looks at fashion through a Texas lens. And it focuses uh, a, a lot on pieces that were from the um, Stanley and Carrie Marcus collection mm -hmm. that UNT received. And it also looks at fashion diners or designers around the world who really made their mark in the United States because of Stanley Marcus mm -hmm. and receiving an, an annual award that he gave out. So we're very excited to show this international uh, group of designers and designs that were really instrumental in moving fashion forward. Well, I for one am so excited that this is coming because I can't I'm at, and from a history perspective, I think you can tell a lot about history by the clothing that people wear. Um, what are some types of clothing? What eras, in you know, in particular, can people expect when they do come to visit? Well, Stanley Marcus started the award in 1938. Yep. 38. And um, the, I think the earliest piece that we have on the floor is from 1939, American Designer. And what you've got at that point of time is um, right before World War II, women are looking for a bit more freedom in their clothing. And so here you start seeing this transformation of American women having needs and expressing those needs and designers responding to it. And then that carries all the way through. So when you come and see the pieces in this collection, you're going to recognize um, designs that have influenced what we're wearing today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, I love that the, the Stanley and Carrie Marcus collection. So Carrie Marcus was Stanley's mother who created the Last Call Sale originally right which became the last call stores mm -hmm. and so she would pull from those last calls from what i understand from the neiman marcus folks that i've known over the years she would pull from those clothes what didn't sell but she thought was really really worthy and collectible so that's how the collection from what i understand how it was built at the university of north texas and and you know that has left this incredible legacy because texas women are known to be very very stylish why do you think that is I think it is in part the independence and the free spirit that you find in Texas women. I think if you travel around the state, you're going to find slight variations on style depending on the city yes. or mm -hmm. the community that you're in. Have you guys seen that? Oh, when you're yes. Traveling? Uh, only every week. Every week? <laughs> yes. I love that. Yes. I love that about it. So, you know, everybody talks about, you know, 
Texas as big as the sky right. and just enormous in size. That is no joke. We yeah. are enormous. And you've got these different cultures that have pulled from each other in every community mm-hmm. and show up. And I love that about it. And you've got vaquero roots and you've got cowboy roots and you've got this blending of cultures in Texas that I have not seen in any other community that I've lived in. And I've lived yeah. in Chicago and Philadelphia and St. Yeah. Louis and grew up in Wisconsin, but still, you know, this, the wonderful sweater set there here, that would be transformed. You've got bold colors. Um, you've got incredible textures. You've got bling. I love some bling. Oh yeah. And (laughs) I love the confidence with which the women in Texas wear their clothes. It reminds me of when Bob Mackey told us that in New York, on Fifth Avenue, you could always tell a Texas woman walking down the street because she had a lot of color on. There you go. And I think that vibrance, it's that inner vibrance that, that's expressed as an outer vibrance, which we're going to see in the exhibit, which is really, really fun. Do you have any favorites you can give us a sneak peek about that you know, have I'm, inspired your own style? Because you're very stylish. Well, thank you very much. Um, I love what is fun and what I'm comfortable in. And I was looking at the pieces as we've been dressing the mannequins for the last Mm -hmm. um, couple of weeks and getting ready to put them in the cases. I was looking at the pieces and there is one um, piece in in particular from uh, Honey Mori Mm -hmm. that I Mm -hmm. love everything about it. I love the texture of the fabric. I love the design of the fabric. I love the way in which it flows across the body. I think any woman could be comfortable and wear this beautiful design. Um, but there are incredible pieces, everything from day ensembles to um, evening gowns that have trains you know, out wow. the door. And right. so we, we made a selection of just a few pieces. So you're not going to be overwhelmed with a lot right. of fabrics or anything. Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to kind of, if you like fashion, you're going to be able to commune with mm. each piece um, in the display because we wanted people to focus on not just the piece as a whole from afar, but get up close and look at the the texture, how it drapes, what the pleats are. We're actually introducing terminology so people can mm-hmm. get more familiar with what different parts of a garment are called right? and um, feel the texture. So there's interactives in it too. So we really have tried to design it for all ages. Well, w- with such an impressive collection what was the curation process like in selecting you know selecting ones that were specific for the story that you wanted to tell about that collection we really relied on Annette Becker from Mm -hmm. UNT to help make selections in that and we went by her recommendations whenever you're putting garments on view you want to make sure that one they're stable that putting them on view, putting them on a mannequin is not going to overly stress them. We want them to last for Mm -hmm. a very long time. So that's one of the factors. You want to look at variety. We wanted to pick something from um, each of the decades. So it goes from the late 30s to the 1970s. The award stopped in, I think, 1995. Mm -hmm. And um, there were multiple designers for each year, but it was really looking at those designers that in some way forwarded fashion, right? Right. Hence the name. So Annette did a wonderful job, I think, of looking at which of the designers from that, a particular decade, um, were really instrumental in getting us to where we are today. Wow. I mean, that's that's incredible. And to be able to just do that and tell a story of Texas over the course of 
four decades, really, 40 years, is really going to be just a sight to see. I cannot wait. Well, I love that you mentioned Hannah Mori, who's an Asian designer, much like mm -hmm. Yasumiyaki and Yoji Yamamoto, having an influence on Texas style. I think that's really important because Texas has always welcomed uh, people who weren't from here or were considered outsiders or now called internationals, right? So Absolutely. I think that speaks to that. It speaks to the museum for helping perpetuate that openness. Well, and you know, we're a history museum, right? So we can't just do a fashion exhibit and look at the pieces as art. We have to put context mm -hmm. to them. So there's actually subsections that talk about what else was going on in the world at any given time. Yeah. So you've got, um, you have French designers, you have American designers, you have Italian designers. I didn't know until researching um, for this exhibit that Valentino got put on the international map of fashion because of Stanley Marcus yeah. and receiving that award early in his career. I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, and wait till you see the gown in the exhibition that he did. It's just amazing. Well, Valentino can still do no wrong. Yes. <laughs> well, what's interesting is that this distinguished award that you're referring to has honored Christian Dior, yes. Coco Chanel. I mean, people who would, quite frankly, no more set foot in Texas when it was more of a wild range back in the in the 40s and 50s than the Man on the Moon. So to get them here to, to share that talent with Texans, and of course, Texans responded by buying those clothes and I think it really enhanced the state style. Instead of looking to Paris, looking to London, you know, uh, the, the Texas style and the American style is very, very much gonna be on view with the museum collection. Very much so. And I'm just so impressed with all that I've learned about Stanley Marcus in terms of, you know, he made them come here to Texas to get that award. They oh, yeah. weren't gonna get it if right. they didn't step foot in the state. Yeah. I mean, what a brilliant marketer, right? Yeah. And, and you know, the publicity photos that come out of that, um, the truly Texan environment that folks are in, particularly in the 30s and 40s and 50s. Right. And he, he really made Texas an international player in the yes. world of fashion in a way that I was unaware of before we started work on this exhibit. It's the wonderful thing about my job that I'm always learning you're something always new. You're always learning. Yeah. yeah. And how do you, I mean, you're always learning. So give us a sneak peek of what you've got beyond this exhibit coming up we, until 2030. I'm kidding. <laughs> Just we, a snapshot. No, we actually plan out, but I don't, I won't, I won't uh, take up all the time with that. We actually do plan out several years in advance. I figured, yeah. And um, 2020 is an interesting year for us because we have everything from fashion forward being on view to in the fall bringing in T-Rex. Yes, um, please. And there were T-Rexes in Texas. Oh, so yeah. Really? I love that. Do they, do they know what area, like what, what part of Texas they I were in? I think the bones that have been found have been primarily out in West Texas. Okay. Um, but, you, you know, in, think of Texas in the broadest sense, mm -hmm, too, mm -hmm. in terms of our roots going back. Yeah. But um, we're excited about that. But in between, we're actually doing something different with some of our upcoming exhibitions. And we're looking at um, topics that are relevant in the community today. So we have an exhibition over the summer that is called um, Mental Health Mind Matters. And that is a highly interactive exhibition that Great. looks to take away the stigma associated with mental illness mm -hmm. and that is a topic that you know if you watch legislative sessions mm -hmm. or you, it's you know it was it's yes, a hot button right so. now yeah. so we want to be able to help educate people about and particularly texans so this is an exhibition for texans um we're also doing one 
in the fall that um, is rather groundbreaking and we hope will travel. It's a very modest side exhibition, but it looks at human trafficking in the modern world. Oh, wow. wow. So we're taking contemporary yeah. issues, we're putting a Texas lens on it, mm-hmm. and hoping to do some groundbreaking work in response to what we're seeing our needs in the community. And then in February, we're opening up a, a wonderful photography exhibit called This Light of Ours, which looks at nine photographers from the Civil Rights movement so wow. we've got a really intense wow. year yeah ahead. I'll say. Gosh. but i think it's going to be groundbreaking for us and of course we have three floors thirty-four thousand square feet of texas history running throughout the, the exhibition all yeah. the time yeah. we're changing out artifacts monthly in that exhibition so there's always something new to see well and one of the things i have loved um over the last few years with the bullock is bringing because to me culture and history are synonymously i mean they're synonymous and they're one of a kind or they're they're one in the same I love that you're bringing in things that people can kind of live and see and you can really reflect the culture. And, you know, with the photography exhibit during the Civil Rights Movement, there's going to be fashion in that, too. Um, Tell us how you think fashion is linked to history. I was thinking about the um, the idea of people are people. Right. Mm -hmm. So throughout history, even if you look at some of the. just in just this past year, some of the modern archaeological finds across the world, mm. people aren't just weren't just making utilitarian things mm-hmm. to wear. They were being innovative with how things tied on. They were being um, very uh, artistic in the way in which they crafted armor or jewelry. So there's this. We don't look at just how do you make it. Um, serve its purpose Mm -hmm. to clothe you to keep you warm we were talking about keeping warm earlier today um but you there's i think all we're we're people we're human we've always had this uh desire to um have a sense of style to show off in a little bit different way um to make things better and make things also more accessible so Mm -hmm. more people can use them that's one of the things about fashion forward is you'll see um you know the development of the idea of separates Mm -hmm. you know with something we i can't live without separates these days um coming up but that innovation is Mm -hmm. human nature and that um, desire for something that goes beyond the um, utilitarian into a beautiful aesthetic or even the sacred has been i think with us throughout history yeah now now speaking of you know beautiful aesthetics who are some of your fashion all-time fashion and style icons Oh, there are there are so many, but there's I I love some of the classics, and you've probably heard this from a lot of people before, right? But I love Audrey Hepburn's look. I mm-hmm. love Catherine Hepburn's look. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how they seemed to wear clothes, and the in the clothing, whether they were um, being photographed, uh, just you know, on um, without a, a, an official session, right? Right. Um, and the ways in which they came across in those, there's there's a comfort expressed on their faces. There's a beauty that comes out in their portraits. Mm-hmm. The, the, they have been styled or have selected clothes that reflect who they are. And right. I see that. I also love some of our um, new I- icons like Selena Gomez mm-hmm. and right. Emma mm-hmm. Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, you get into the men, you've got men like LL Cool J and um, you've got RuPaul who, th- yes. what, what they're bringing is this incredible sense of 
fun and yes. confidence and I know who I am and you're going to see that right. when you when we meet. Right. And I, I love that. You know, speaking of beautiful gowns, a lot of beautiful gowns are here at the museum for your annual gala yes. that happens around Texas Independence Day. Let's talk about that to see how some of our listeners can get involved and buy tickets and become more deeply engaged with the Bullock. I love that question, and I love that <laughs> lead-in. Um, so we are so fortunate that we have an amazing foundation, the Texas State History Museum Foundation, that every year puts on an annual gala, which raises hundreds of thousands of dollars for the museum. A lot of people don't know that we're responsible for raising more than 85% of our revenue. Mm -hmm. So that comes through admissions, that comes through the wonderful IMAX films. Hey, Star Wars is starting. That's right. Um, <laughs> Buy your ticket now, because it gonna, will be yeah, sold out, it, right? It, yeah, yeah. It's so, I think it's sold out through the weekend now but it, it's going to run into January so you'll have Great. opportunity to see it and it's an unparalleled experience on our on our screen I'm very biased about it but it is the largest screen in Texas um, again and, bigger right? in Texas everything's <laughs> bigger and better in yeah. Texas exactly um, but the the gala is this incredible um, way in which people from around the state can give back to the museum and we honor history making Texans every year so if you go to our website www.thestoryoftexas.com there are links to the foundation and you can find out more information there is uh, there are tables available for purchase um, typically they go fairly quickly though mm -hmm. and we honor people from around the state um, so each year the you know the movers and shakers in Texas come out for the Bullock Museum and we're so pleased about that I love that because yeah. I, I will see people I know from Dallas Houston San Antonio Fort Worth from beyond Austin. Absolutely. Yeah. And that just goes to the heart of who we are, right? We're right. We have a lot of wonderful visitors, wonderful members from the Austin, greater Austin area, mm -hmm. but we are statewide. Mm -hmm. We get um, school groups from the Panhandle. We mm -hmm. get school groups from Midland. We, That's a we, long drive in, so by the way. So when those, I've always wanted to ask you this. So like when, when kids come in from those that far away, are they lodged at hotels? Like, how does that work? It, a lot is up to the schools. Generally, they're either leaving very early in the morning mm -hmm. or they're doing an overnight. So they're mm -hmm. combining several visits, particularly to the Capitol, mm -hmm. which is just right. four right blocks down from the road. Us. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe some other uh, museums along the way to get here. Uh, one of our largest constituencies of school kids is from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Mm -hmm. Houston, Corpus Christi, all yeah. of that. Plus, we have a distance learning program. We serve over 100,000 kids, teachers, um, and chaperones every year. Gosh. And that's growing. Only 100,000? Uh, uh, only, that's yeah. That's a whole <laughs> heck of a lot of people. I know. And wow. and that energy when they come into the building, yes. when their school goes, it's, oh, it's yeah. really amazing. Um, and so that's really, really crucial. But another way that... Um, people can support the Bullock Museum is through a membership and they get a mm -hmm. lot of perks with that. They generally get to see exhibitions first. They get to see lectures that aren't available to others. They get yeah. behind the scenes tours. And for Fashion Forward, we just entered into a partnership with Neiman Marcus Austin and they're going to host a VIP event in February with us. So only the most exclusive of our members are going to get an invitation to that. So if you're not a member yet, so they need to join right you now. You need to join today. Today. right yesterday. now so that you yeah. get, you know, at that higher <laughs> wow. level membership. And uh, that'll be our first working partnership with them. And we're very excited about it. They're also going to have a, a store window okay. that is advertising fashion forward for us. So oh, we're right. just so yes. grateful oh, for that's that. Wonderful. 
Yay. I'm so glad. Well, it's a perfect teaming. It is. It is. And we're just so excited to be able to work with them and so grateful for the support. So I want to ask a fun question. We love to ask this of many of our guests, but who are five people from history you'd want to have at a dinner party? Speaking of galas (laughs) and tables. (laughs) That is a really hard question. One, because I love just eating and I don't necessarily <laughs> think about, about the, it, it, it. It ain't about the people, it's about the food. Yeah, right? exactly. Here, right. um, but oh, I right, also think funny. it's a wonderful question because how many brilliant conversations do you have around the table, right? Mm-hmm. You're more relaxed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you are, you've got some a starting point to talk about with the food and food in Texas is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I struggle with this question because there's so many wonderful people you want to have you all know this, you've hosted enough dinner parties where you need folks that are going to interact, who are yep. going to not sulk in a corner somewhere and be off by themselves. I don't but know really those people. <laughs> I know no you would ever yeah. invite them. Yeah, you know? I'm sure that you would. Okay. <laughs> so if I have to go back in history, I'm thinking of folks like maybe Agatha Christie. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Of course, there'd be happen to be a murder at that dinner party. <laughs> right? You know how that yeah, would she'd end set up, up some yeah. sort of scenario. So maybe not. Um, but... <laughs> But the other folks like, all right, so true confession, big time crush, passed away not too long ago, Alan Rickman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adored. Very talented him, actor. Very talented. Yeah. Um, another one of my favorites is Jim Henson, uh-huh. who also is no oh, longer with us. Yeah. But I mean, this is a man yeah. that transformed my growing years, right? Yeah. And just so creative and um, such a sense of fun that yes. I think came out in all of his work. Yeah. So I think I think that. Um, and then maybe we throw in some historical figures that have a bit of ego, like Cleopatra okay. or Louis the Fourteenth. I can't not talk about Louis the Fourteenth if we've got LaBelle here. All right, right? so, so well, <laughs> Agatha Christie and Louis the Fourteenth. There's your murder weapon, the guillotine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I'm just thinking about Cleopatra and the creator of Kermit the Frog <laughs> seated by each other, and I think that would create that some real intriguing? dynamism. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. How fun. Now, if you want to talk about people that. I'm sure had an eye to fashion I probably would have to sneak in somehow Sam Houston okay. because mm. yes, this was yeah. a very dapper person who knew the power of personality right. and used it to full effect yeah. so and that's a style legacy because that is still going nearly 200 years yeah. later which leads me to my next question and that is alright you're trapped on a desert island okay, and you can only take one artifact one anything from the museum to be on it with you it doesn't have to be for survival but something that pleases you what would that be something that pleases me oh my goodness <laughs> um i'd want it to be relatively small so that i can you know hold it okay as opposed to large statuary or something right. like All that right. which you have a lot of here that's right yeah. that's right <laughs> actually i do know what it would be okay. there is right now we have um frank and carol part of frank and carol holcomb's map collection on view mm-hmm. these are incredible maps they're beautiful and there is a map from the 1600s i believe it was a dutch map they were incredible I've seen that, yes and it is gorgeous um, so, and it's, it is essentially a map of the world as they saw it at that point in time, yeah. right? wow. but it is an incredible piece. It's beautiful. 
somewhat helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, you might want not not use it for navigation today, but um, but it's just one of those pieces when I look at, it, I get lost in all the details. Yeah. Of it. Oh, neat! And wow. it's 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 portable. That. It's right. portable. Yeah, right? that's the best so, part. Pocket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is a fun. Thank you. I know that was kind of a curveball question. It was. But, but you I knew you'd have one. But he always does. Beautifully. <laughs> so well we're almost we're almost out of oh, time. Come on already. Yes. So but I do want to end with one question, and that is what is one thing you want everyone to take you want everyone to take away from the Fashion Forward exhibit? I think the one thing I want people to come away with is fashion is really for everyone. And the the to have fun with it, to to see how designers have um, uh, innovate with creativity, and be able to take that and and see how it's transformed our lives. Um, we there are a lot of of um, questions out there and ways in which we can look at fashion, but I think this is something that has transformed us and transformed us as communities and there's something that you can take away from that in terms of who you are and who you want to be well that, that isn't a mic drop moment i don't know what is <laughs> i agree with <laughs> that well completely. done margaret country you're such a joy to know we're so thrilled to have you and to learn more about you and we are all going to be rushing the exhibit and every oh, other exhibit so. and can you remind us of the dates of yes, the please. fashion forward yes, exhibit again fashion forward opens february 21st or sorry it opens December twenty first. I don't want to rush the rush the months and closes April twelfth. And you've got to come out and see it. Everyone has to come to it. Okay. Yeah. Well, everyone, I'm Lance Avery Morgan, and I am Rob Giardinelli, signing off on Success with Style, reminding you that great style starts by having a unique point of view. Have a great day, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs>